Oh, you're yielding on an arm. Yeah, well, quid arm, which I think is a <laughs> just suffered complete failure. Yeah. Oh. Ah, that feels right. <laughs> <coughs> Welcome to North v South, the podcast that is and isn't about design. I'm Jonathan Elliman, and on the other end of the Skype line is Mr. Rob Turpin. Hello, Rob. How are you? I am <coughs> okay. Yeah, not bad. Um, I've been a little under the weather this week, but um, the NHS has provided me with medication, and I'll be fine in a day or two. Does mean I haven't got uh, an alcoholic drink this evening, or for Christmas, so that's fun. <laughs> well, I'm I'm nearing eight weeks now. Oh, yeah. How's it been? Surprisingly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Have you gone down the? <laughs> <laughs> have you gone down the non-alcoholic lager route at any occasion, or have I, you, you I, just I've, soft drinks? Yeah, uh, Jess bought me some, and then I quickly, I, I, I just said no, don't bother. It's, it just not, tastes it's like not even. It tastes like yeah. still beer, or beer yeah. that's lost its fat uh, fizz. Um, but uh, there is a punk one actually um, that had no oh, alcohol in it. Yeah, um, but that again, it just tastes really, really super hoppy. Um, yeah, I don't know something about the sweetness of the beer of the alcohol. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But <clears throat> no, I, I have myself a bass, a can of bass shandy. Yes, that would have done me. Not point not two percent alcohol. I'm sure that would have been fine. <laughs> we were just trying to work out how many of those you'd need to drink to feel tipsy when I was a kid. A lot. Yeah. And then the uh, also there were the ice lollies that were pina colada flavoured. They had about <laughs> Do you remember them? They had about the same amount of alcohol in them. <laughs> about what it was zero point one percent or something. Wow. I think but Shandy Bass is a bit more than that though. Is it? Yeah, it was like three percent or something. No. No? No, you could buy it in no, you could buy it in shop. Maybe not point three percent. We'd have to you check buy that it out. In shops. Yeah. I see. I've been watching the rewatching The Detectorists. I don't know if you which, saw which that. Which I've never seen. It's just so good. Just yeah. so, yeah. Just absolutely That's the perfect. Thing with, uh, can't remember his name now. Mackenzie Crook. Mackenzie Crook, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, he, did he write it as well? Yeah, and directed. Yeah. Oh. It's beautifully shot. You'd love it. It's just yeah. brilliant. But uh, yeah, they pull a lot of uh, back. Well, there's, there's one episode where they pull a bash shandy can out the ground. Marvellous. <laughs> or a ring pull, I think. Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to, apart from being um, ill? Um, what have I been up to? Uh, finishing off a couple of bits of design, um, doing a bit of drawing just for myself, which is nice, after drawing pretty consistently for a couple of months for other people. It's nice just to do some doodling. Uh, shopping finished, did a bit of wrapping, more wrapping to do. Um, and then today I went for a walking park with Steph, which was beautiful. And saw the Kingfisher again, which is always a delight. Um, and I watched the OA this week. What's uh, that? Which is a, a Netflix thing. It's a little bit... Um, well, I think you read the synopsis of it. Mysterious girl goes missing for seven years and comes back and brings together a, a strange group of teenagers it kind of sounds like Stranger Things type thing. But it's I described it to someone as Stranger Things directed by Terence Malick. It's really, really slow, very weird, 
really atmospheric and I thought it was incredible and the last episode knocked me for six it's just stunning so that's well worth watching only eight episodes um, really really good and Netflix are churning it out at the moment aren't they yeah Duncan Jones who directed um, Source Code and um, Moon Moon <coughs> Well, let's not talk about Warcraft, is is doing a, a film for them, which is kind of set in the same universe as Moon. All um, right. Called Mute. Um, which, kind of from a couple of clips I've seen, looks a little bit Blade Runner-y. Might be kind of his homage to Blade Runner. But, um, so yeah, so you know, big directors are getting involved. I think, did Spike Lee's latest film, was that a Netflix-funded thing? I don't know. Might have been. Yeah. Um, what else? I I got <laughs> I got a lovely gift from Monotype today, uh, which is the Monotype issue four of the Recorder. They keep sending me free things, which is beautiful. Anyone from Monotype listening, that's, thank you very much. Don't quite know what I've done to deserve it. Uh, it's got some good looking articles in there, stuff on by Adrian Shaughnessy and Eric Speakerman's in there, uh, and the cover features a one of the graphics from the book we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, the uh, Bitmap Brothers book. So it's got a close-up of uh, some graphics from Speedball. Speedball? Yeah. Yeah, two. Speedball. Speedball 2. Speedball 2. And then also today, I received a whopping book, which is um, something I supported on Kickstarter about well over a year ago. And it, uh, it arrived today, and it's a book of photographs from the Apollo moon missions. And they've, they've uh, kind of reprocessed a lot of the photographs. Uh, and it's... A, stunning beautiful book so i'm going to enjoy looking through that well that's kind of my week yeah. i think and have you finished working now yeah yeah Bath. good for you mm, have you um i've no i'm still working um but i've been doing half days for the last couple of days mm-hmm. um and telling people that i'm not doing stuff for them um, yeah. I'm behind on a few jobs and I just need to catch up with that. Um, what would be, yeah, so I, I guess winding down in the afternoons, I've been DIYing manically, trying to finish things off that I've been putting off for months. Um, Have you been building a bunker? For, might need one. Well, I just what, might need one. Why? What for? Not like a nuclear fallout bunker. Oh, right. Well, no, I'll just, I'm just going to go and stand outside and wait for it all to uh, wash over me. <laughs> no point i wouldn't want to survive it um no i'm trying i'm being positive about christmas good yes let's <laughs> and uh no i've been to i went to ikea and it wasn't awful good yeah. it often, it, it's, the thought of ikea is usually much worse than the reality yeah well it, it, now since we moved away from london you don't have to go to the horrible ones um yeah it's actually quite a pleasant experience um and uh yeah so i went there bought some bits for the kitchen final bits um so i've been diying um drilling into lintels which is always fun mm. oh, I hate a, that. a good solid masonry bit <laughs> well i need more than that to get through them but yeah um and uh i've been looking after an ailing jack russell yeah, uh, how's been, he doing? He's been really poorly, but um, we're given a new drug, which is actually a human uh, drug at still at the moment. And um, the vet said, do you want to try it out? And he's been, you know, touch wood since yesterday, a lot better. You know, he's not oh, strugg- struggling for breath so much. So 
Yeah, we were we were reassessing for tomorrow whether we said goodbye to him tomorrow at the vets, but yeah, I'm really hoping that he'll be with us for Christmas. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Yeah. So that's been really horrible, actually. Yeah. Really, really horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hate seeing animals uh, suffering. So, um, yeah, uh, I, well, he's comfortable at the moment, so um, we're not going to prolong things. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, and I forgot to say I went to Watts Gallery last I, weekend. I saw uh, <clears throat> Jesse's pictures on uh, Instagram. Yeah, and we didn't... So we, I know you'd been, and I thought, why hasn't he told me when? Yeah, the thing, the worst thing was we didn't even get to time to go to the chapel because oh, I see. friends we were with were flying or were they going back to london or whatever anyway they ran out of time um so we went to the gallery and then we'd run out of we ran out of time we had to go to, to lunch and then you know the day was over so um but we went to the gallery and uh have you been around that yeah but a long time ago i think right. it's, they've kind of moved it up a notch from when i went it was kind of nothing no information it was just you could kind of just look around how it was Right. I have to say the best thing was the, sh- the shop and uh, upstairs they had a lino cut um, gallery uh, like um, exhibition going on. And it, there oh. was some fantastic work there. British nature. Really, really good. Oh, lovely. Um, recommend popping in to see that. I think it's on there for the next few weeks. Um, and But the gallery, well, um, I'm not a big fan of Watts' work. So um, mm. and it was 15 quid for Ooh. each. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot, isn't it? Blimey. Uh, yeah. Uh, you've only got two two rooms of his work, and then there's a downstairs bit with some other work in it. And then they had they had a loan gallery there, which was quite an exhibition, which was quite interesting, of people who um, were associated with the charity. Um, it was their own private collections. Wow, some of those people have got amazing <laughs> private collections, and that was yeah. really good because that was a real scattering, uh, you know, smattering of different art styles from that period. Um, but Watts, I find a bit murky and a bit depressing, to be honest. Yeah, he wasn't the most talented of the uh, kind of, of of his contemporaries, was he? But I think he was the most. He was really encouraging, wasn't he? And seeing the photos of him working in his studio there, um, and there's a huge sculpture of. I'm going to forget. I can't remember who it was of. Anyway, he built it, and it was on almost like railway lines. Um, mm. uh, and it was the 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 obviously the the bit that he the, the stone stuff that he made to uh, send off to be cast in bronze. Um, oh, it's Tennyson. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was good. But yeah, fifteen quid is far too steep. Fiver. You know. Yes, I yeah. think. Uh, Steph knows someone who works there. So I, might, ah, right. I might have a, I might have a quiet word if I go. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, what else have been doing? Uh, oh, I've got. I've been making some stock because we've uh, my beef arrived. I ordered some beef online mm-hmm. <laughs> for Christmas Day, so I'm very Lovely. much looking forward to that. I've got a four rib roast. Ooh. I know it's enormous. All the trimmings. All the trimmings. Yeah, Yorkshire, Yorkshire's horseradish. Perfect. Homemade gravy, mm, parsnips, you know, keep going. Sprouts? Sprouts, yeah. Sprouts and chestnuts. Yeah. Oh, sounds great. Yeah. What time do you want this? Uh, if you get here for about <laughs> half one. <laughs> uh, you eating at 12, it'll all be gone by half Yeah. One. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to last us about three days. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be up in York for Christmas Day. Very um, nice. Two or three days. Might get to Whitby on Boxing Day, I think. The weather looks okay at the minute, so that'll be nice. Get some sea air in our lungs over Christmas. 
lovely. Yeah. So, is that, have you been up to anything else, or is that your your week in? No, I'm I'm reading. I've I've dipped into a Neil Stevenson again, book wise. Mm. Um, I realise that we've really been lax with our book of the month. We haven't gone back to it uh, just because we haven't had time to do the work involved in um, researching the, the the topic that we were going to talk about. Um, yeah. But I've picked up a book. I started reading one of his called Quicksilver uh, a long time ago. Mate, probably even you know eight, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Um and I love the Cryptonomicon. I uh I just thought that was a fantastic book. Um, I've I've started reading both of those and not finished them. Yeah, well I'd done that with Quicksilver and it's amazing since then I I know a lot more about the period and about the history and I've been a lot more comfortable reading it and I'm really enjoying yeah. it. But um things that have been mentioned in it is the Cabal. <laughs> Ah. They're actually characters in the book, yeah, um, cool. as well as Great Fire of London, where yeah. it kind of... Um, oh, that's what that stands for. Yeah. G-F-O-L. <laughs> Typing on an iPad. Can't be bothered. Um, have, you yeah. read, um, have you read Snow Crash? No, I haven't, no. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that's I got cool. that in my one of my list of things to read. Mm. But he is just, he just writes, he just keeps writing. And I think, you know, sometimes he could do with an editor, but he is just so in love with his subject matter. Yeah, uh, he's he's having lots of fun, and you you can have a lot of fun on the way, but it can be rather exhausting. Well, I'll look forward to uh, hearing what you think of that one. Yeah. <clears throat> so after last week, I mean, we had uh, Alid on the show, which was great. Um, we had to cut down the news significantly, so I've got quite a lot of news items. No, nothing majorly important, uh, apart from the fact that a uh, a pie was launched into space. Rob, what? <laughs> A pie in space. Yes. Uh, did you did you see it on the news? I I I I, I didn't see it on the news. I caught a glimpse of it on Twitter. I think. Yeah. So a meat and potato pie. Yeah, how um, did it actually go? In, did it just go really high? Oh, I don't know. Sent into space is in inverted commas. Yeah, it was. It's 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 in inverted commas. So whether it reached space, but the photo um, of it up there is you can see the curvature of the Earth. So it's pretty high. Yeah. Um, Hundred thousand feet, yeah. So that's the kind of imaginary line of space, isn't it? I is think. it? No, yeah. I'm going over to our uh, space correspondent for that for the <laughs> fact checking there. Uh, but it, it all turns out that it's part of. Um, so they attached a meat and potato pie from uh, to a weather balloon and sent it up into space, and it, and then it came back down again. I haven't read any reports of whether it survived it they were hoping that it was it would freeze and they could then recook it um but it was all part of apparently the um wigan uh wigan's pie eating world championships which uh took place two days ago did you know about this the world uh, why, pie eating why championship. Were we, why were we not informed i don't know but it was won for the third time running by martin appleton clare who ate a pie in uh, just over 45 seconds which sounds like a long time i think we it could does. nail that yeah he's he's holding a pie i assume yeah. that was similar to the pie here yeah and yeah i reckon i could do that in less than 45 seconds these people he looks, amateurs he looks like he's been training though doesn't he he does a bit <laughs> i'd i uh, look taking one look at him i'd say yeah you can win mate <laughs> I like the pie. There's, he's holding up a, a pie and the trophy, and there's also yeah. another pie in the trophy. 
So I didn't know all this stuff was going on. How did we not know about this? I don't know. We need to um, adjust our radar, don't we, next year <laughs> to make sure we don't miss out on any of these cultural milestones. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, pie and space. I mean, it's it's totally yes. for you, isn't it? Right up our alley. Mm. Well, my first bit of news is something that Nick Barber pointed in our direction. She's National Geographic, a magazine I love. I kind of grew up with it. Um, have produced a book of their infographics. Um, and it covers the last 128 years of infographics. And it just looks, it's a big old coffee table book. It's like it's $70. So probably 50 quid or 60 quid or something. It's got uh, all sorts of stuff. There's uh, a radiocarbon yardstick of time, which we all need, a history of skis, uh, windows on the heavens. It just looks lovely. I, some of the illustrations are absolutely gorgeous. So that's if you're into uh, National Geographic infographics. Um, that's a beautiful book from Tashin. Ah, oh, they they do good books, don't they? They do. <clears throat> um, my next one is uh, a 2000 AD story. Um, it's a bit geeky, this one. So close your ears if you're not a geek, which, I mean, if you're listening to this show, then uh, you are a geek. So, you know, get with it. Um, they have uh, they have licensed their, um, their products to be made into miniatures and tabletop games, which is, you know, a rising pastime of people i think you know away from yeah. video games lots of them coming back um and tabletop gaming uh, just judge dread tabletop gaming miniatures uh yeah i'm there well i back in the mid 80s i used to play a judge dread role-playing game yes there was one wasn't there yeah and we used to have uh the lead figures right you used to be able to buy the lead figures from games workshop right uh, dread on his motorbike and judge anderson and the the dark judges it was fantastic beautiful stuff i went into a games workshop not that long ago because uh, i think i was waiting for something else and all the figures now are cast in uh, uh, resin rather than lead because they can get much higher quality of detail on them but they just don't feel right Right. Well, I, I think that the other, a lot, most of them are plastics and then they're, they, that, you know, you do get resin ones um, mm. and the resin is a lot sharper, but you do get holes and bumps in it because it's yeah. of the way, it, of the way it works out. But most of them are plastic. So yeah, the, the company that are, have licensed them are called Warlord Games and they, they are actually a breakaway from Games Workshop. So okay. uh, they have that kind of pedigree. Um, so I think they should do a really good job. Although they have just done Doctor Who ones, which don't look great. So I've fingers crossed. So, you know, getting um, Slain, Strontium Dog, Rogue, you know, Rogue Trooper. Yeah, could be Johnny amazing. Alpha, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I think um, I think just Judge Dread figures would be awesome. Just having them on your desktop. Yeah. There we go. That was a, a really geeky aside there. But oh, nice I'm excited stuff. by that. Mm. Uh, my next one is a very, very beautiful bottle of whiskey. Right. So Mike Sullivan, Studio Mister on Twitter, uh, I think it was yesterday, did his kind of top 10 design things of the year. With, you know, his kind of favourite typeface and favourite bit of product design. And this was his favourite bit of product design. And it's um, a Burmore whiskey 
and it is the black Burmore 50 year old um, and it was the sort of product design and everything was by D8 John Galvin Design and Glassstorm and it's just a cracker beautiful case with kind of wood grain uh, metallic embossed type beautiful bottle great type uh, it's it's a really nice bit of design. How much is the uh, the bottle? <clears throat> oh, it comes in a... What is that? It's like a wooden yeah. case. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, how much is that? 16 grand, Rob. It's not. <laughs> it's not, is it? Yeah. Uh, is it really? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> 159 <laughs> bottles of Crikey. beer. Um, yeah. That's a lot of money. No wonder it's cast in wood. Yeah. God, <laughs> wasn't it in unicorn horn for 16 grand? You wouldn't, you wouldn't dare drink it, would you? No. It would evaporate off. You'd be losing money. Yeah. The angel share. <laughs> that's uh, it. Yeah, well, that's beautiful, but so it should be. Yeah, I like a Bowmore. Yeah, I love Bowmore as well. Very nice indeed. Um, since we've been, uh, we haven't done news. Um, GF Smith have opened a shop in mm. London. Um, they've opened one in where is it? Um, Oxford, just off Oxford Street. It's four thousand square foot space. Um, you can pop in there and look at colour plan. Uh, I think because ever since two thousand and fifteen, I think they created a. They've got an online retail shop where they're selling to consumers, so you can buy small amounts of color plan for crafting and all sorts of different bits and yeah. bobs. Um, and it really seems to have taken people. Uh, you know, it appeals to people as a product. What else do they do as a consumer thing? Um, can you sort of order bespoke sketchbooks, or do they do a printing and framing service? I don't or, know. Or do they create books? They will do. They will. They will make things for you if you ask them. Yeah. They. You know. No. 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 Like. Um. You know. You upload your images and they print oh. the books in the papers that you you want. I oh, think no. that's GF Smith doing that. Do they? Yeah, I think I so. I don't know. I've never seen that. Hmm. Um, I have to check that out. But yeah, it's a beautiful looking shop. The design of it looks fantastic. It's sort um, of very Japanese looking. At, you know, it's the sort of thing you'd see in. Tokyo, the, you know, the Japanese sort of stationary shops. Yeah. Um, very it, clean and minimalist. It must be doing, uh, they must be doing very well if they've got a retail, they're selling paper in the middle of London. Yeah. <laughs> That's in their rent. Yeah. It's interesting though that they're, you know, moving over to the consumer side of things. Yeah. I think they're offer, offering that up um, and they moved into America as well, haven't they? So, because um, I don't think they were big in America. Okay. So what's my... There's a new skyscraper coming to London. Um, I like skyscrapers. I think the city um, looks pretty fab with the Gherkin and Leadenhall. Um, I'm not a fan of the walkie-talkie. I think that's a bloated monstrosity. I think it's in the wrong place as well. But there's a new one. It's going to be right next... It's kind of between Leadenhall, which is the cheese grater, and the Gherkin, which is Mary's Axe. Uh, and it's by Eric Parry Architects. And it's slightly um, curiously called The Undershaft. <laughs> what? Um, yes. And it's going to be the second tallest building in 
London, maybe Europe as well. So it's just a little bit short. Well, a fair bit shorter than the Shard, but you know, pretty pretty big. But the, and it, it's a beautiful, elegant, kind of quite a simple looking structure, uh, kind of square in plan, uh, uh, with a beautiful kind of bronze metal cross beams going all the way up. So it's nice. It's going to have the you know a public um, a public observation space at the top as they all seem to have to do these days. But the thing that surprised me about it was just how close it is to the other buildings on the kind of CGI views of it. It's almost touching the cheese grater. Um, and I just wonder how oppressive that's going to feel when you're you know, walking around at ground level. Obviously, all the the renders, the architecture, um, it's, you know, beautiful sunlight and everything looks lovely. But I imagine it on a gloomy, rainy early morning in February, it's going to be quite imposing and dark. Mm, yeah, I, d- I don't like it at all. I think it's but ugly. Um, I think it looks yeah. like, yeah, I think it looks like... Um, Something you draw, you know, as a kid when you're drawing your, yeah, your, yeah, your Apollo rocket, simple. it's like the tower that went alongside yeah, yeah. it. Um, it's, it's very New York, I think. And I think the crisscrossing looks weird when you look at it from an angle. All the angles go in different ways, and it just, to yeah. me, it just looks really strange. Um, but it's, you know, it's the trend for cities, isn't it? To, uh, it is. to I just don't think London suits suits that that high skyline. Um, and I think it dwarfs the gherkin. The gherkin. Just looks like a tiny little nubbin now. <laughs> with it yeah, below. It's, it's interesting. You look at the the renders, and it it doesn't talk about them. But there's so many more skyscrapers going up that are taller than the gherkin there. Yeah, or as tall. Um, so yeah, it's you know, ten, fifteen years time, everything's going to look different again, isn't it? What else have you got? <clears throat> um. I saw this. This is a weird product that has been announced. It's called Remarkable. And have you got a Kindle? No. But, you know, so the paper technology is kind of like, uh, I don't know, what do they call it? E-ink, isn't it? E-ink, so yeah. it's not um, it's not very high high resolution. Um, it's very it's very lo-fi, but it, it's easy to read. Um, and... Uh, uh, it's very slow to update, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, this mm-hmm. company have taken that technology and they've t- they've made a notebook um, that is you can draw on. Um, so they're selling it as a as a as like a drawing tablet, um, uh-huh. but it's in black and white only, and um, it just seems to me as a, as a really bad idea. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that should never have made it out of prototype, and it's as much as an iPad. You know, they're, they're, the pre-order, they're, they're currently selling it at a limited launch offer, sort of half price, which doesn't bode well, does it, for a brand new product that you're yeah. having to sell it at half price. So it's $379, but the actual RRP is $716. Um, Jeez. And it's, it's kind it of... It almost sell- reads a bit like a spoof. Yeah, is it? I don't Am I falling for I don't it? think it is, but there's a bit towards the end of the first page. Oh, no, not even towards the end. Um, it says, how is Remarkable different? And it says no tablet has less functionality than the remarkable. <laughs> yeah, um, we designed the remarkable to not get in your brain's way, get in the zone and stay there. 
Yeah, but you're going to have it's to have... Just... But it's not synced with anything. So, it, you know, if you want to read a book on it, how are you going to get your book from your Amazon account onto that? You're going to have to plug it in, do some syncing. It does, it's not wireless. Um, so, oh. well, it, it might be wireless, but it's not seamless, is it? It doesn't have a shot yeah, yeah. to it. Um, and then when you want to get the um, the drawing that you've done in your low fidelity e-ink, you want to get that off to work on it somewhere else. Um, yeah. You know, the only two benefits that they can think of is no more printing of documents and no more carrying heavy documents. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. It's, it's, it's another <laughs> like, one of those solutions uh, in search problem, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just one of those, yeah, I just think it's one of those ideas where you actually, you know, right, okay, we're, we're ready for the funding now. Um, and you say, well, do you know what? I think this uh, this idea might, well, let's just park it for now. We'll come back to it at the end yeah. of the year. But it's actually made yeah. it into production. Um, I, I wish them, I wish them well, but uh, it's just as it just sounds stupid when you can buy an iPad and you've got full color sketching with something like, yeah. um, you know, Procreate or whatever, a really brilliant painting app. But you yeah. just got to, you know, just buy a notebook and paper. They've completely ripped off Apple's pencil as well, haven't they? Have you seen the drawing tool? It yeah. just looks like the pencil. Yes, yeah, it's exactly the same. It's just got a uh, a handy um, clip on it, which the Apple one could do with having. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Very curious, that. Yeah. Um, just going back to GF Smith, they do indeed print books. Right. Um, Quarter-bound book with inkjet printed front cover and colour-bound spine and back cover. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do. Yeah, different options around that kind of product. Just they look very nice in their little GIF on the front of their website. Yeah, so you, you can get <clears throat> books from GF Smith. Uh, my next bit of news is um, well, I'll read this to you. Uh, over 10 million people are unable to speak. Over 500 million everyday devices and applications are narrated by a voice. All of them choose from the same few generic synthetic voices. Isn't it time for a change? Our voices are not identical. They are our identities. Um, so this is a company that I assume is going to make profit from selling bespoke or different voices to those manufacturer of, of <coughs> machinery and computers and applications that provide a, a reading service uh, or a you know a talking service for people who can't speak um, but the way they're doing it is really interesting because you can donate your voice uh, I assume you you give information on kind of where you're from and languages and regions and things like that and then you can narrate some stock phrases from this company's kind of lexicon um and they can create a voice from just three seconds of your voice um by kind of extrapolating from from that so i guess the more you talk the more of your voice it's gonna be like um and i just think it's quite an interesting project i don't know if it's it's a good project in terms of how well it's going to benefit people or how much money these people are just going to make out of out of it but i think it's a really lovely idea and a great bit of tech that could you know uh, provide people with voices that aren't all the same that aren't 
sounding kind of mechanical or just uniform um, to give them their character back. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah. I, I might do that. I might, I might, you know, dip in and donate my voice and see kind of everything else that it, it can do. So maybe for the next episode, I'll have uh, my voice digitized. So they create, they cre- but the the cynic in me, uh, they're creating a community that everyone donates all their time and, and energy, um, and, yeah. but they're making the profit on it. That's it. Exactly. That's the, oh. the thing about it. So, or are they giving, or is it a charity and they're giving it to the it people never, who need nowhere, it? Nowhere, nowhere does it mention, you know, they're a, Oh, it's just full of language that just makes me really cross, you know. What's a start a local voice drive? What that what is a voice drive? What is that? I know. Um and my vocal my vocal legacy. Um Yeah, that's why I say, you know, there are still some serious questions. Um but I just I think it's a great bit of tech really that can create if it works, that can create bespoke voices from very short pieces of speech yeah they're charging so after they're charging one thousand two hundred and forty nine dollars for access to the human voice bank vault and your custom vocal legacy voice wow Mm. that's that's a lot isn't it how about they just give it to the people who need it yeah (laughs) if they're if they're funded by big tech um but yeah um i think it's a really interesting and noble thing to be doing um, and I'd like to see the technology working, um, mm. but yeah, I, I'm a bit sceptical of, uh, of of its kind of positioning. Morality. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. we can dig into that a little deeper. Yes, I'm going to start my own um, local voice drive and see how it goes. Excellent. The little Hampshire accent. <laughs> Lovely. So we are nearing the end of the year and we thought it would be a good episode um, because we're lazy, we haven't done anything um, to talk about the year. Um, and that was it. That was the, the we subject. Could just weep. We could just so, weep for the next 35 minutes. <laughs> so um, we are going to talk about, I don't know, we're going to discuss, you know, how was the year? What, what, what were the good bits? What were the bad bits? What were the good things that you bought? What were the bad things? Yeah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um and then next week we are not uh doing a show, we're gonna have a week off. And then in the new and then for the new year one we're gonna do looking forward to twenty seventeen and uh and talking we'll about we'll have our optimistic hats on. Yeah, and we're gonna be talking about our plans for the year and uh we'd love it if you could send or comment on Twitter, probably the best place, uh with Plan your plans for next year because it, it generally is the uh, the time for uh, for new horizons for at least you know fresh dawn and all that. Oh, yeah. So Rob, how's your year been? <laughs> <laughs> it's been all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, from a professional point of view, um, I think it has kind of gone okay. I've done a reasonable amount of freelancing. I've done a little bit of commercial illustration work. I've done lots and lots of private commissions, which is, I guess the private commissions have kind of masked the fact that I haven't kind of moved up a gear with getting commercial illustration work. Um, I've done three or four projects for different companies. Um, 
so that's a bit disappointing because last year I did a book and I thought, well, next year I'll do another book. And I just haven't got around to it. And then every time I find myself freelancing in Shoreditch or wherever, I find those times to be really frustrating creatively because you have time when you're doing design work for other people to think about what you'd rather be doing for yourself. But that's exactly when you have the least amount of time to do it, <laughs> which is annoying. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, when you do have more time, you use that time doing other things. So I think um, it's been an okay year. Um, from a professional point of view, I've done some work I'm really proud of. Um, and I think my drawing has progressed. The Inktober thing was a quite a big thing for me. Drawing stuff I hadn't drawn before and getting that out to an awful lot more people than had seen my work before. And I'm still, there's still sort of positive repercussions from that. I'm still getting requests for commissions of isometric buildings um, every week so uh, that's good so in the new year obviously we'll be we'll be printing some of those up for posters yeah yeah so I'd give myself a, a C plus for this year <laughs> the work I've you know the work I've done I've been perfectly happy with some of it's been great some of it's been okay but I haven't pushed myself to kind of move up a level in terms of illustration as a profession which is always the tricky bit <clears throat> um so that'll have to change next year yeah. yeah so that's kind of sums up my year what about you i think i think similar um i'd say yeah it's been very profitable um i probably had my best year um and uh but i haven't taken a break all year uh, since I went away last September. So yeah. uh, I'm feeling very, very tired. Um, and I'll be glad to see the back of this year. Um, I've done a lot of website template designs. So I haven't been involved in kind of like all of the projects. Um, and uh, I think I'm at the end of one cycle of, you know, the beginning of my business, just surviving, paying the mortgage, taking on jobs. Um, they're kind of... You, you think it, you think you get through them that kind of period in quite a quick time, but it takes a long time to get through clients unless you just fire them and get get new <laughs> ones. But um, it takes a long time to find your your feet if you're just a generalist graphic designer because you can yeah. be doing artwork in one day and you know brand design the next and you know putting a word document together the next. So it's so random. Um, but I feel that I'm, I'm, I am coming to the end of that. And, um, so I'm looking forward to starting and re one realigning the business to more profitable work, which I've done this year, which, um, so I've moved from, uh, you know, an hourly paid, uh, uh an hourly rated kind of way of yeah. charging to a value based, um, which has been pretty easy actually um i thought it would be really difficult and really hard to judge how much to charge but actually it's pretty pretty easy um and it gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of time taken over projects um and i'm ready to you know yeah start um moving away from from artworky kind of jobs um, yeah. and and looking at, at design a bit more for myself um so yeah it's so yeah i feel it's a sort of transitional year i'd say um 
and we'll see whether I whether I do stick to my guns and and do it. But um, the the main the best thing about the year is has been the podcast. To be honest, it's um, been great, hasn't it? Yeah, I've really really enjoyed doing it. I know um, we're not going after millions of listeners. Um, we've we've met some you know, met in inverted commas. Um, uh, been introduced to some really nice, interesting people who've been really encouraging and have listened to the show week on week, which is fantastic. But yeah. that's not the main for me. That's not the main reason why I've been doing it. It's to be chatting with Rob, really. Um, but it's really focused me on got got me thinking about design again, rather than just going through the motions, which I think I was doing before. Um, and um, yeah, and I uh, the dark side of that is I've been you know reading news about design etc i've been reminded how pretentious it is uh can be and contentious <laughs> yeah. uh, uh subjective um and uh a lot of the news articles are all based on that aren't they um yeah uh so yeah no but I- I'm, I'm looking forward to 2017 yeah me too um the podcast has been fab i mean for anyone who hasn't listened to us from the beginning the reason we started this was we used to work together and really enjoyed chatting over the top of an iMac to each other in the studio about design and everything else so that's that the idea of the podcast was to replicate that and i think so from my point of view we've pretty much done that and from some of the comments we've had uh from people saying it, it sounds like listening to the podcast is a little bit like just eavesdropping on a conversation which in some ways is the nicest compliment we could be paid because i think that's what it's about it's not like you say it's not a a grandiose design behemoth it's two books chatting about design and other stuff and it's been a lot of fun yeah it has it's really really good fun and i've eaten lots of really nice pies yeah um hasn't kept my weight down but um (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's uh you know it's been it's been really good fun um and i look forward to next year and actually being next year um yeah being a little bit more just organized i think with it um and actually having our own home as a a website of our own where we can actually leave proper articles um and write a bit more Uh, that'll be that'll be be, uh, that'll be appealing for me um So, yeah, and we might actually have show notes every week from that. Yeah, well, you know, I've got back into the swing of it. Yeah. I'm doing oh. the show notes last week, so. People love them, don't they? They love a show yeah. note. Yeah. I never knew. Yeah. Oh. So I will, at some point, start uh, doing the ones I've missed out. I think I've got about 20 to catch up on. So in terms of, like, cultural highlights, we've designed cultural highlights. What Have you got any? Well, I saw your note on that, actually, and I thought – there's nothing that really stands out in design. There isn't kind of one piece of branding or one new logo. I think there's a lot of stuff that we've commented on and we've been sort of slightly critical of. Um, so my cultural highlight is uh, an art exhibition, which was the George Shaw exhibition I saw at the National Gallery, My Back to Nature, which was just sublime. It was really, really beautiful. It's sort of strange and mysterious and atmospheric, um, painted in these humbral enamel paints, which give the paintings a really weird sort of inner light. It's a remarkable look to them. Uh, 
and I, I think he's a, a great artist and a really interesting bloke and the the exhibition was just fab and it's really stuck with me so that's my cultural highlight oh. i'm going to say mine is the jeremy della we're here because we're here um yeah sort of uh flash mob first world war inspired um that was pretty lovely gathering either it? it was absolutely beautiful and um yeah poignant um and it touched on modern life um and made people stop and listen and think for once and look up from their phones yeah <laughs> uh and uh yeah i i thought i thought that was it was a sort of looking at um i think you put it in your notes as well you know design world creative world looking at healing rather than bashing things um yeah and uh trying to do good community stuff um uh, it was the pill crow um branding yes uh thing i thought that was great you know the pub that is teaching people how to do you know small bits of craft and diy and stuff to actually build a pub um just thought it was projects like that are absolutely fantastic uh so yeah i i'd like to see more of that next year but that's a that's a topic for a couple of weeks time isn't it then what's next um yes. and i say yeah the low lights apart from the obvious um i would say the media i'm gonna say uh, yeah. i put in their paw patrol but i just have to deal with that um <laughs> <laughs> uh the media i think yeah i think the media are uh i think it's horrible and um and having to that's the worst part of this podcast is having to read the news every week <laughs> <laughs> having to scroll through um the top 15 um best scrolling websites of the week yeah. you won't believe number 13 yeah um my low light isn't that dissimilar it's design speak and we've already touched on it tonight um so design speak and writing as perpetuated by kickstarter and johnny ive that kind of product description you see on kickstarter of a, a life-changing i don't know mouse mat um <laughs> and, and you read it and you can't help but read it in kind of a slightly reverential whispered tone because it's, it's written so carefully and pretentiously um and we've talked a lot certainly early on in the podcast about we thought that designers talk too much to other designers. And this is really, um, that's kind of really where that's come from. I think we need to change our language and talk more to people outside of the industry. Surely there's more, there's more benefit in dialogue with people outside of design than talking to people who are doing exactly the same thing as you. Yeah. Well, I think direct action, you know, um, the story last week about the designer who built the, um, the yeah. wristwatch that helped the lady with Parkinson's disease. That's yeah. that's the kind of direct action that we need to be taking rather than waffling along about, you know, whether a logo is good or bad or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I, to I totally agree with you. <laughs> Uh, but I, but you have you have just read out the title for this show, which is going to be a life changing mouse mat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's why I was scribbling down and just lost my I train of thought. I reckon you could probably search for that on Kickstarter; right? it already exists. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it is. It's just pitching pitching the language that you use 
for whatever you're selling um in in the right in an honest and right way and not trying to make it out to be some kind of life-changing guru yeah. speak um i think that uh that's something that it actually co- sort of correlates with another thing that i i hadn't written down but i've forgotten to um to mention was uh one of the biggest things this year, the biggest issues that I've had this year is content um, and getting clients to, if we're talking about, you know, the cold face here, getting yep. clients to engage with the content of their own business. Yeah, they, they, I've had, I don't know, five major projects this year and all of them have had issues with content. One of them couldn't even get a case study together by the end of the product project that had been going on for about three months. Uh, there were not one case study. So um, I, it's just uh, really, really struggling with the language and almost like tied up in knots about speaking about their own business. Um, and I think this is part of the problem is just everyone's overthinking things. I think we need to be. Um, and again, one of the things you <laughs> we talked on in, in early earlier episode is be a bit more punk. Just put it out there and then and then change it if it doesn't work you know it's yeah it's just it's just a website <laughs> it's uh well, for, that's for kind that, of, for that like kind we- of thing yeah obviously i mean if you're you know a brand it's a big risk to take but um people need to just be a bit more honest about what they're trying to do and and if you're selling widgets then sell widgets don't try yeah. and hide it behind a load of old waffle um so yeah i think that and that's something that i was going to talk about in the next couple of weeks was, you know, how do I, how do I get clients to engage with their own, with their own businesses and their own content and realize that that's what they've got to produce first. It, mm. It's really it's strange, hard, isn't, isn't it? it? That no one in sort of certain size businesses just don't have a, a feeling of ownership of a, the kind of language that their business uses to speak to customers. But isn't that the, that's the culture of the business that, almost yeah. is, is removing them from that kind of personal feeling of responsibility mm. uh, for for their service that they're giving or the product that they're making or whatever it is. Um, you just want people to take, you know, take a bit more responsibility for themselves in their workplace. It's not, you know, everyone's so spoon fed these days yeah. um, and they're so scared of, you know, the accidental tweet or the accidental whatever misprint. But um it's just like just just make it, put it out there, and then get on to the next thing. It, it, it's um, I think that's that's gonna. Oh, I don't know what I'm where I'm going with that, but no, no, yeah, I'm with you. That's what I felt. I felt this year. You know, just people are so tongue tied with, with with how to express their own their own business ideas. Um, yeah. So uh, next year, maybe just just starting to help them more with that. Um, yeah, but whether that will just drive me absolutely insane is, is another thing. We maybe have to uh, do some more in the series of those little books that you were going to produce at Soda, and we did the first one, didn't we? Yeah, I want to. I um, want to kind revisit of little guides to cli- guides for clients. Yeah, I really want to revisit that. I mean, I, I found with the, with that when we produced one, which was, um, I think the first one we did was about briefs, wasn't it? Yeah, producing a good brief. By the time they've opened the first page, they're not interested. You know, if they don't know what a brief is, by the time they're, you know, they've engaged a, an agency and they're working with them, then you're in trouble. But is there, is there, um, is there room for a, tra- you know, a training course, as it were, you know, of how to produce a brief in a company, yeah. you know, or just a little download video package of, you know, what's what does a designer expect from you? He doesn't 
you know, here's a typical one today, uh, an advert that was going to print. Um, oh, I've, I've left off this logo and can we change the strap line and can we, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, but didn't you write that down at the beginning? Wasn't that part of the brief that you all agreed um, before you, you <coughs> sent that to the designer? Um, it's just that little bit of thinking about it. It's just people are just iterating um, yeah. far too much and not thinking about what it is they're trying to say. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to encourage people to do that more in a nice way. Um, and uh, my top 15 for 2016. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll stop my rant now. I don't think I made any sense then. So uh, I might have no, to cut no, the whole no, thing you out. Did. I, was, I was just panicked by your top 15 there. <laughs> no, I thought an, an, an in, in and out is, is always done in, uh, you know, in the, in the, the broadsheets, isn't it? Of in this year. Oh, so yes. My, my in definitely is podcasting is in. I've really enjoyed editing it. Um, uh, in is value-based pricing. That's where I touched on. Inner pies in my cake hole. Um, <laughs> Are they ever out? <laughs> I've really enjoyed running again. Um, it's great to be out and about with my my young Jack Russell. He's running I, with me. And it's I know it's brilliant. I might take up a bit of running in the new year. Yeah, and I've loved that. It's running through the countryside here with a with a small Jack Russell is just brilliant um and design of sorts <laughs> is well, my is my in brilliant out of duff clients <laughs> perfect uh smart watches i think are out uh they'll be I, in again though they will be base camp i'm gonna ditch base camp um yep. i just yeah given up on it uh adwords i'm not selling that nonsense anymore i'm yep. not gonna waste any time with that stuff self-driving cars they've crashed and burned <laughs> and i've put apple yeah. <laughs> I think more and more designers are realizing that you can use any platform. It doesn't really matter. I think Microsoft Surface, you know, that's that's where the interesting, for me, it's really a really interesting product that they've produced. Mm. I'm not saying it's the right product or it's a good product, but it's just great to see them building something for a community, for the design community. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, or, you know, illustration or creative industry. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I think Apple have, have lost that beacon. Yep, I think you're completely right there. Having said that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, Your gadget of the year. Yeah, my gadget of the year is the iPad Pro and the pencil. I think it's the future of computing. Um, it's at the moment. It's not. You know, you can't. You couldn't design on it. But as a consuming device and a kind of idea, you know, ideation device. You can kill me now. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the uh, it's just brilliant. I, I've I've loved using it this year. I love it. I love it to bits. It's absolutely best thing I've ever bought in years. Have you used um, the dictation um, sort of software for any of the the apps? I haven't. No. I don't use the dictation on the on the phone. But I'm just thinking if you've got a touch screen kind of mobile gadget, then you you don't want to be typing on the screen no. at any length. So you either take a a mobile keyboard or you dictate stuff yeah i've i've tried it on the phone um but um i I think i'm a mumbler it doesn't like my my accent much yeah um but um i I just have a separate keyboard um yeah and you get the full screen benefit then obviously because you don't lose half the real estate for the keyboard but yeah typing on it with your fingers is not great um but yeah I i should try that shouldn't i see what it's like yeah, maybe um, do the show notes. It's only 15 episodes. You'll rattle through those. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, I think I'll have to try that as well. I think um, one thing I found doing the podcast is when I'm thinking about what I'm going to say for particular subjects, I'm way more eloquent in my head than when it comes out. So I think I think dictation might be a really good way forward for me, that I can talk and not worry about the audience until the words are there on the page. I, I, yeah, I, I, it's um, it's interesting that when you do um, any kind of therapy based writing, they say to stop and think about the sentence in your head, formulate the sentence in your head first before you put pen to paper and then write mm. the sentence once you've got it in your head. Because uh, most people uh, and I totally tend to write as I go, yeah. Um, which when you're typing, I write in really weird, um, you know, chopped up sentences and then reassemble it all at the end. Um, but uh, if I'm writing by hand, um, yeah, it can be really tricky because you sort of stumble over yourself, don't you? And yeah. and, yeah. Po- and po- doing the podcast is a similar kind of visual trick, um, like mental gymnastics isn't it really because you're thinking about the next story you're thinking about <laughs> and if you're not used to it it's, it's really tricky um and i think that we do that really badly <laughs> no i don't i don't at all i think yeah it is really hard and sometimes you just drift off and i'm like i've completely forgotten what i'm about to say but thankfully there's the edit suite <laughs> <laughs> which you have become a master <laughs> um i haven't got a gadget of the year no i've gotten in the now i think uh what could i have instead of a gadget of the year? i'd have a pen of the year yeah, it would be the uh, Copic Multiliner. It would be the uh, 0.1 thickness. That's definitely my most used pen of the year. There you go. That is tiny. Color of the year, orange. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Um, I've got a late entry for an app of the year. Mm. Uh, Spark email. Um, is this on app. desktop or well, on it, iOS? It's, it's it was on iOS, but they've just launched. I think uh, last month. I missed the launch of it because I started using it on iOS and I quite liked it, but it was in beta and it wasn't mm. on the desktop. So it's kind of like you're using two apps and it's really annoying. And I discovered Outlook. And I know I bang on about email a lot, don't I? But it's it's a tool that I use more than any other tool, and it's and I hate it. I hate Apple Mail. It's horrible. Um, so I started using Outlook. Uh, on ios and i loved it um but spark have now released one on the apple desktop and the great thing is that it syncs so any settings that you've got on your desktop um yeah. like signatures etc is a bit buggy still at the moment but um will will then sync over to your ios device oh. and it's absolutely brilliant i've started using it straight away no no issues really with it um you can snooze emails so if you get an email you can snooze it for you know till tomorrow morning or till whatever um yeah. it, it it's got smart inbox so it recognizes what's newsletters what's important client stuff um it's absolutely fantastic i'm yeah i'm loving it it's it's really does everything you need it to do if you are using the email to triage communications. Yeah. So we can expect to see all those features in Apple Mail next year. Probably. Um, that's that's my that's my biggest fear. It's going to be bought by uh, Google, Apple, etc., yeah. etc., and shut down. Um, yeah. But I hope it isn't because it's. Mm. Uh, I'm really really pleased with it. Really good. Cool. Website of the year. Website of the year. A whatty. Sure. <laughs> Should we give it to the Space Jam? 
yes. website that's, <laughs> that's still out there. Yeah. My, my close second would be the Creative Review uh, website, which I've really yep. enjoyed. Uh, I hadn't read Creative Review for a long time, maybe five years, and I hadn't looked at any of the sites. And um, uh, it's the it's the one that is least advertising, least annoying, least list based. It's it's a it's a you know there are good reads in there. Yeah, um, there's some really good stuff in there. So yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, I guess on to pies. Yeah, Christmas nears. Yep. Christmas nears. Uh, I've got an Aldi. Ooh. Yeah. Luxury handcrafted mince pie. Um, right. I think they've come from one of the good food shows. My wife brought them back. Um, uh-huh. I think Aldi. They do well, don't they, in Tears Tests, Aldi? Yeah. Um, well, they, they, yeah, their meats are good. They're like, they're, um, they're cured meats. Very good. Mm. Um, it's it's a frangipan topped pie. Oh. I've taken a photo of it. I haven't been posting the photos, have I, really? Um, so it's got almonds sprinkled on top of it. And then frangipan and then... Uh, and then the mince pie underneath. It's quite big. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I've gone in. Buttery uh, pastry, a little bit underbaked. Too much icing sugar on top. But the um, the mince mince meat's great. Yeah. And the frangipan, just a nice little bit of clag and almond on top. Um, I'm going to give that a six. A six? That's a reasonable score. Uh, sorry, I was just taking a picture of my mince pie there. Uh, I've got a couple of Marks and Spencer's ultimate all butter mince pies. Can you say that in the Marks and Spencer's voice? I can't. No. Okay. Who is um, it that did the voice? Dervla Kerwin, was it? Uh, yeah. They're really lovely. They've got big crystals of sugar on the top, uh, glazed pastry tops. Um, and they've got the filling kind of leaking out from the edges and then it's being cooked and it's kind of gone slightly chewy and caramelized which is delicious so we're too big a bite mm. excuse me it's good it's not um the, the mincemeat isn't anything exceptional it's a nice pie um, the pastry's lovely, quite crumbly. Um, yeah, it's a good mince pie. It gets a six and a half. Oh, God. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> it gets a seven. Um <laughs> You'd be able to go into that voice bank and download my voice. Oh, yeah. You could do the podcast on your own, John. Yes. The robots are taking over next year. Mm. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Make (laughs) party like it's your last. Yeah. (laughs) Because it might be. (laughs) No. Um, Well, I hope everyone out there, all 135,000 of you listening, elves, rapping elves, what am I talking about? I don't know, the people of Guam. The people of Guam, we extend our greetings to you. All pie manufacturers around the world, thank you for your pies. You're doing God's work. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hope you all have a lovely Christmas. Yeah, Merry and, Christmas, everyone. Thanks and, for listening. Have a fantastic new year, and we will see you in 2017. All right, Rob, well, have a lovely Christmas. Thank you. And you. Big love to the family. Will do. And, give, uh, give my love Ralph to Steph. And uh, Bingo. Yep. Give Bingo a little squeeze. I will. From me, please.
he'll we- tomorrow. He'll, he'll wheeze back at you. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you know how we get on. Cool. All right, All right really good to talk again. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Um, well, we've got through the whole show um, without mentioning um, Donald Trump.